Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Let me fall into your arms at the end of the day and get lost on your ancient pathways. The moment of quiet when I'm on my knees. Oh, in a burning sun, let me find some peace. Ooh, I know what this is worth and how much it means.
בסוף הכל מתנקז אליי, עניין של זוויות. אני לא מבין רמזים אולי, צבעים ואותיות. מבט חטוף אל עצמי ודי, רק לא להסתכל. מה שבפנים כבר בפנים ידי, קוראים לזה רגל.
J.M. in the A.M., Maishi Tischler with Avi Peretz, what they call the Rebo medley as performed at the uh, Amudim event earlier in the week. Unbelievable. Soul Farm had Walk With Me, heard Sof Tavar, done by Gershon Veroba, Mordechai Shapiro's Avinu. Toda, that was Shlomo Katz, Mordechai Ben David with Dai. Atata, Avramel, Avram Fried, Schmeichel, Schleimi Gertner at one of the uh, Hass concerts. And Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this December the 24th, day nine in the month of Teves, the year 5781. Tough Shin Pei Aleph. Tomorrow is Asarab Teves. Tomorrow is a fast day. And the fast ends with Kiddush, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, usually we say what? Davening ends with Kiddush or, <laughs> or, or our program will end with Kiddush. The fast ends with Kiddush tomorrow. So keep that in mind. Friday, tomorrow is a fast day of Sarabateves. 50 degrees, 79% humidity. Winds are south at 8 miles per hour. Uh, afternoon, this afternoon, windy weather and showers with a high of 60. It's going to be rough weather later today in this area. Cloudy, windy periods of rain tonight, low 58. Tomorrow, we've got some morning rain for Sarabateves Friday with a high of 62 degrees. 54 right now in Yerushalayim, 50 in New York City. And by the way, a high 62 tomorrow and then a high Shabbos in the 30s. So we're going to have a drastic change in temperature coming up. Anyway, tomorrow's a fast day. According to the calendar in front of me in the New York area, I don't know know if uh, the majority of of uh, calendars would agree with this, but here it says that the fast begins at 5.39 in the morning here in New York. And we'll go until 5.20 p.m. So that means that uh, normally, especially when we daven early, we might say Kiddush at 5 o'clock, 5.05, whatever the case may be, depending on how fast davening was in shul. Uh, tomorrow we can't say Kiddush until after 5.20. 5.20 would be the, uh, here in the New York area, would be the time. Anyway, um, welcome to a Thursday, everybody, at 18 minutes before 7 o'clock. I just found out, by the way, that um, the Makar event that we're doing, the Women's League Makar Disability Services, Women's League Makar Disability Services has their event on the 3rd and 4th of January. That's the first Sunday and Monday of 2021. So I was just told that both Benny Friedman and Joey Newcomb are going to be with the Freilich Orchestra, are going to be at that event. So we've um, we've not only uh, uh, continued to upgrade the Makar Women's League event for January 3rd and 4th by creating a great... Um, a great live event to accompany their charity campaign. But now that live event, Sunday night, starting at 8 o'clock on Sunday night, January the 3rd, will include Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman. Pretty cool, no? I think so. Uh, More details, obviously, as we get closer and closer. 
Um, and we're looking forward to uh, to that fundraiser coming up uh, starting January the 3rd. Pretty cool. A lot of people doing a lot of cool things with some great, uh, great young artists and uh, some great uh, veteran artists. And there you have a combination of uh, Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman. That'll certainly uh, call a lot of attention to the Women's League Makor campaign. So big yashikoch to them. Uh, JM and the AM, I want to thank those who've been helping us uh, with our year-end donations. Uh, it is now the 24th of December. It is now the 24th of December. Those of you out there who have uh, not yet given a year-end donation to help support us here at the JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, you can go to fjbunity.org again. That's fjbunity.org, and you can uh, you can give as uh, as much as you wish. Give till it hurts, as they say. Fjbunity.org. I was just looking up. Um, next week's the final week of the year. Sometimes a slower week, but I believe we've got a pretty active week here next week at uh, JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. So make sure to be uh, tuned in. Uh, yeah, this week, next week, all weeks. <laughs> Just keep on listening. You'll be glad you did, let me tell you. And if you have any time off next week, schlep us along no matter where you are. If you're doing a road trip or if you're flying somewhere and staying in a hotel, whatever the case may be, remember in your phone you have our network always. Always you have our network. You know what I never checked, which I really have to check? i got to check the... Um, the number of registered users that we've had over the last month. We've had record-breaking numbers uh, in general over the last month. The Dubai trip was certainly one of the reasons. Uh, but we have been just, uh, you know, people tend to tune in more during the winter, even though this year obviously was a banner year for listenership due to COVID, even during the summer, etc. Uh, but people tend to tune in more this time of year. And then you have the uh, Dubai effect, as we call it. So I have to check the... Uh, registered users on our app because I would assume that in the month of December we have had a a major boon in all that and um, and I'm going to look at that and see what the story is and I want to thank everybody who's been supporting us at fjbunity.org and I want to thank everybody who's become a registered user on our app because um, that just helps us get out there more and more and more wow we are we are actually really getting into a into some unique area numbers-wise in terms of registered users as I'm looking right now. So thank you to everybody for your dedication to this amazing network. It is so appreciated. Leif Tahar is next. You're listening to JM in the AM.
שחר, כבר עולה התעמלה. נחת, ילדייך בתפילה. עינייך מבקשות רק רחמים. ידייך מושטות לאלוקים. ואת מוסרת את נפשך למעננו. מעניקה את טוב ליבך רק בשבילנו. את מתנה של אלוקים אל העולם. את כל הכוח, אתה עזר המוסלם. רק אשת חיים, רק אשת חיים. רק בתפילה ובחוכמה בנתה ביתם. רק אשת חיים, רק אשת חיים. את כל המשפחה עוטפת מהנשמה. כמה אמונה שיש בלב שומעת, מרפא את הכאב. כלומר, דמעתי מצויה בשמיים, דמעתה קורצויה. ואף אחד אינו מרגיש את כל הקושי, הכל נסתר רק אלוקים, זה כל היופי. יראת השם איתית הלל, זאת הברכה. ואל ביתנו בא בכל יום השנייה. רק אשת חיים, רק אשת חיים, רק בתפילה. J.M. and the A.M. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. 
around the world on the web and com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's all in the background. Do our news from Israel coming up? Yaniv ben Mashiach had Ashes Chal. You heard Ari Boyenju's Mizmor Latoda, Shomer Yisrael, done by Lev Tahar. And a good morning to all of you, and thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget that if you are a, uh, if you're somebody who would like to connect to our tradition and heritage in a major way, check out partnersintorah.org. Partnersintorah.org or call 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four. And then the number two, become a mentor or a student with Partners in Torah. It will be a life-changing experience. Simple as that. Don't forget the One Israel Fund event is Tuesday. Tuesday night for the One Israel Fund event, oneisraelfund.org slash one. oneisraelfund.org slash one. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast is next at JMN. Galitzal, ברקע הביקורת החריפה על מתווה מערכת החינוך, הכולל לימוד חלקי מבתי הספר, השר יואב גלנט פנה באופן רשמי לממונה הקורונה, הפרופסור נחמן אש, בדרישה לתעדף עובדי הוראה במתן חיסונים. דיווח לראשונה כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש. אני תובע ממך לתת עדיפות לציבור עובדי ההוראה בשורה אחת עם עובדי הרפואה, כתב גלנט לפרופסור אש, בתקופה זו של חוסר ודאות מתמשך, חיסון עובדי ההוראה הוא חיוני לתפקודה הסדיר של מערכת החינוך. המהלך יצמצם את מספר התלמידים והמורים שנכנסים לבידוד, ויאפשר למאות אלפי הורים לצאת לעבודה, כך שר החינוך. ומשרד האוצר מעריך את עלות הסגר בשלושה מיליארד שקלים בשבוע, מדווח כתבנו ניתאי ענבי. לפי אגף הכלכלנית הראשית באוצר, הסגר יכלול מגבלות משמעותיות על מערכת החינוך, על פעילות המסחר והשירותים ועל מקומות העבודה, כולל אלה שאינם מקבלים קהל. לכן החלטת הממשלה להטיל סגר לפחות משבועיים מוערכת בנזק של כשלושה מיליארד שקלים. כל שינוי במתווה או הערכה של הסגר יעדכן את העלויות. הוועדה למינוי בכירים אישרה את מועמדות ד' לתפקיד ראש המוסד, מדווחת כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג. לאחר בדיקת המידע שהובא בפניה, לא מצאה הוועדה פגם בתואר מידותיו של המועמד ד' לתפקיד ראש המוסד, ולא מצאה פגם מבחינת תואר המידות בשיקולים שעמדו בבסיס ההחלטה למנותו. ד' יחליף את ראש המוסד המכהן יוסי כהן בחודש יוני. חבר הכנסת עופר שלח הודיע הבוקר על פרישה מיש עתיד והקמת מפלגה חדשה. במסיבת עיתונאים שקיים לפני זמן קצר אמר שלח, הסיפור העצוב של כחול לבן מלמד כי רק לא ביבי זה לא מספיק. אני נאלץ לעזוב את יש עתיד. הייתי ממייסדי המפלגה, גייסתי את כל כישרוני ומרצי להצלחתה. אני משאיר בה חברים אהובים שיודעים היטב כמה לחמתי עבורם ועבורה, ויודעים גם בסתר ליבם שהסירוב לשנות נושא בתוכו את זרעי הכישלון. אני מכריז על הקמת מסגרת פוליטית חדשה שתתמודד בבחירות הקרובות. כשבוע לאחר שאובחן כחיובי לקורונה, נשיא צרפת עמנואל מקרו החלים ושוחרר מבידוד. עם הפרטים כתב חדשות החוץ טל שנהב. מקרון כבר לא חש ברע ואין לו תסמיני מחלה כלל. כעת יצא נשיא צרפת מהבידוד בו היה מצוי, בעקבותיו גם ביטל נסיעות בינלאומיות, בין השאר ללבנון. בעקבות ההודעה של ארמונה אליזה על הידבקותו בשבוע שעבר, נדרשו לבידוד גם ראשי ממשלות ספרד ופורטוגל שנפגשו עם מקרון. ומוקדם יותר אישרה צרפת את החיסון של פייזר ומבצע החיסונים שם צפוי להיפתח בתחילת השבוע הבא. מזג האוויר אצלנו, גשם מקומי, מחר התחממות, אלה החדשות.
White dogs doing in the city 
Wow. What a song, huh? Barry Weber, Rebone is the name of that one, and it's uh, pretty amazing, frankly. What a great selection. Baruch Levine with Kumit Alech. Inspire Me, that was Moshe Hecht, who joined us Tuesday on Giving Tuesday. I want to thank him. Revisited his uh, album of yesteryear. And the Chaim, done by uh, Barry Weber, opened up that set here at JMA. I want to thank all those who participated in Giving Tuesday. If you haven't had an opportunity yet to give a year-end donation or a monthly donation, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And be as generous as you can in supporting um, NSN and JM in the AM. And we thank you, of course. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One is, you know, yesterday Eve Harrow was on the show. One is real fun. We're preparing, of course, for Tuesday night's event, uh, which I have the honor of hosting. And I thank everybody at One is Real Fun for giving me that honor. I really do consider it an honor. And on Tuesday night, December the 29th, you're invited starting at 8 p.m to join us for the live entertainment and for the live show. Become part of the One Israel Fund family with a great event. Uh, Elizabeth Savetsky is going to be featured. God Elbaz is the musical guest. The Naftali Bennett and Caroline Glick will be making appearances. Uh, the um, honorees include Dr. Emma Laskin and Bart Baum, Amichai Luri from the Shiloh Winery, Rebecca and Gabe Boxer. There'll be a Dor Lador Award in memory of Gloria and Morris Grobe, accepted by the Grobe, Oppenheimer, and Pollock families. And the Yadid Yesha awardees are Hannah, Talia, Molly, Isabella, and Ariel from the Lewin, Laskov, Sigmund, Weisfeld, and Yarmish families. They're 12th graders at SKA Halb High School for Girls. They'll be honored that night. Now, yesterday, Eve Harrow was on the show from Israel. And one of the things I had not realized during COVID is just how much work is being done in Yudan Shomron during COVID. They took complete advantage of there being no tourists, no visitors, and a lot more time and space to work with to undertake a whole bunch of important projects during COVID-19. And it was such an important revelation. In fact, yesterday's conversation, uh, as simple as it sounded, just promoting for a dinner, to me was one of the most important conversations we've had on the air in the last year. Um, We have a special place in our heart for Judea and Samaria and the cities and the residents of Judea and Samaria. And One Israel Fund has been dedicated to their future for God knows how long. I mean, they're in this a very, very long time. And I was wondering, you know, we're, we're, we're on the air this coming Tuesday night. We're going to be asking for people to support the cause. What's going on? And everybody out there might have suspected, myself included, that nothing's going on at exactly the opposite is happening. <laughs> they are building, they are expanding, they are pursuing projects, and they are and they are doing stuff at record speed because nobody's around. So what a great conversation that was and such an important one. I want to thank Eve Harrow, and I want to recommend to everybody in advance of Tuesday night's event, make sure to get your reservations in. Go to oneisraelfund.org slash weareone, oneisraelfund.org slash weareone, and to be part of it be part of the building of the uh, state of Israel and the expansion of so many important things in the land of Israel. JM and the AM, more coming up. This is from uh, Joey Newcomb. Kulano.
J.M. in the A.M., B'nai Amelech, uh, done by um, Joey Newcomb. And uh, for those of you who missed the announcement earlier, I'm uh, proud to announce that both Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman are part of the Women's League Makar Disability Services event coming up on January the 3rd and January the 4th. I'll have the honor of hosting that show. And um, it is a... uh, fundraising campaign, a crowdsourcing campaign to make a difference in the uh, world of those with disabilities. And um, it starts Sunday, January the 3rd. We'll have the major event that night on January the 3rd. And it'll be a charity campaign located at charity.com slash makar, charity.com slash makar. So again, Women's League in Makar has a uh, benefit event coming up. It is happening on the 3rd and 4th of January. And the big news today, and it is in fact big news, is that uh, Benny Friedman and Joey Newcomb are going to be, are going to be part of it. And um, they and the Freilich Orchestra will be providing the entertainment for that night. So get ready to make a difference in the world of those who are in uh, residences, in the world of those who are being taken care of by our community. Um, by supporting Women's League Makar, again, that event coming up January the 3rd and January the 4th. More about it as we get closer and closer here at JM in the AM. Uh, Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM in this area. Be wary of the fact that we're looking at uh, lots of wind and showers later on with a high of 60. Cloudy, windy, and periods of rain tonight, low 58. And tomorrow, some morning rain and a high of 62 degrees. Right now, we're at 54 in Yerushalayim, 50 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. And um, Tomorrow is a fast day. Tomorrow is a Sarbateves. Tomorrow is a fast day. Keep that in mind. An unusual fast on that, uh, on, on with the fact that it's a Friday. Fast will end at the five twenty in New York, or uh, I guess we could say with Kiddish, right? Not before five twenty, but then the fast actually will end with the saying of Kiddish tomorrow night. So it's an unusual fast day tomorrow. The 
tenth of Teves, Asara Bateves, will be right here at JM and the AM. Rabbi Goldwasser has the morning off. We continue with more at JM and the AM. Sonal Kalo, you see, so like, Elikoi, 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 you see, so like,
Is this the end? Is this the end? I've lived all my life just Taking it day by day And then this came along And I felt so far away Don't be. 
Him done by Mordechai Shapiro, of course, here at JM in the AM. Shlaimi Gertner before that with Miss Sameach. Here, Yoeli Greenfeld had Uvene. Yes, it's done by Amiran Devere here at JM in the AM. Uh, yes, 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 yes. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Have you tried Abel's and Hyman? Have you tried it? They're delicious meats. Incredible salami. Uh, if you haven't yet done so. You want to do so. Absolutely delicious. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more, old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more, and modern better-for-you kosher products, including no-nitrate-added, reduced-fat and reduced-sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO. You want to try A&H today. Oh, yes, you certainly do. Maishi Tischler is next. You're listening to JM in the AM.
open up my eyes and my heart starts to sing and step into the rhythm that this new day brings i'm living in the moment gonna make it mine and take it one day at a time an attitude of joy and gratitude sure there's worry and there's fear but i'm not going there i'm out to find the blessings and opportunity that's waiting right there just for me because i know today's the day to lift my hands up high and say Naftali Blumenthal wrapping up the hour with Yom Yom before that Modani done by Maishi Tischler. It's Thursday, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Nathan Diamond is with us live via telephone. He's executive director for the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. Spends a lot of time in Washington, and whenever he's on, it's usually one of two things. Either there's a call to action, and uh, he expects our national audience to respond and to help out, which they do, thank God. Uh, or there's really good news. And by the way, in this case, it's the really good news department. We'll talk about that coming up here at JM and the AM. Nathan Diamond, welcome back to JM and the AM. 
Thank you. Good morning, Nachum. It's a pleasure to be with you as always. Appreciate that. And we do have a lot to talk about, especially when it comes to uh, both the COVID relief and uh, and items that have been designated specifically for our community and other uh, uh, private school communities. And we'll get to all that. Uh, every time there's been a transition in Washington, at least a serious one, meaning the White House, uh, we've asked you what your impressions are. We did this from... Uh, uh, Bush to Obama, Obama to Trump. And now today we ask you, with uh, just about a month uh, remaining in the Trump administration, what do you anticipate for those of us who are concerned about Israel and those of us who spend time in the active Jewish community? What do you anticipate from the future Biden administration? Well, I think uh, with regard to the Biden administration, if you look at who he's appointed to key posts with regard to Israel so far, um, people like uh, his longtime national security advisor, Tony Blinken, uh, national security advisor, Jake Sullivan. Um, these are people who, first of all, have been in senior levels of government before. They've dealt with Israel before, um, and they have a track record, um, as does Joe Biden himself. And, you know, I would characterize them all as being in the, the longtime mainstream of the Democratic Party, with regard to policies towards Israel. They're not, none of them are, you know, on the left wing. Um, you know, they're also not right wing Republicans. So they, they view um, as it, it as being important for both the United States and Israel to resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict through the quote-unquote two-state solution. Um, they do, they want to, uh, thwart Iran's nuclear weapons ambitions, but they want to return to trying to do that through a negotiated agreement, right. um, which is which is not maybe necessarily mainstream <laughs> pro-Israel views right now. But, um, you know, these are people with a track record. And Joe Biden himself, and he, spe- he speaks about this time and again, has had a very long, personally warm relationship with Israel and its leaders literally for decades. Um, he goes. He was telling a story about his first trip to Israel as a senator, where he met Prime Minister Golda Meir, and how she made a big impression on him. Right. So, you know, I think that's the overall atmosphere that we're going into. Let me ask you this, uh, Nathan Diamond. Um, when President Trump came into office, I think he was pretty open about the fact that there were certain things he wanted to either eliminate or completely change. I mean, Obamacare is obviously a good example of that. I think the deal with Iran, most could say, is a good example of that. Uh, do you see the president, the next president of the United States, acting in a similar manner? In other words, should we be fearful that some of the things that President Trump has implemented that we are in favor of, embassy move, recognition of certain areas of greater Israel, etc., should we, we be afraid that those could be eliminated or curtailed? Or is Joe Biden um, a little bit more... Um, uh, diplomatic than that, and he might go about those issues and the Iran issue with a little bit more of a middle-of-the-road approach. Yeah, I think it's mostly the latter. I mean, he's he's clearly said he's not moving the uh, American embassy back to Tel Aviv. Um, uh, I don't think they've said anything publicly about the Golan, but I would I would be surprised if they changed, you know, Trump's recognition uh, of Israeli sovereignty and the Golan. Um, Policy toward, you know, what we call Judea and Samaria is going to be a little more complicated, um, again, because I think they're going to want to look to, at some point, get back into a peace process. 
But um, I can tell you, even even you could look your your listeners could look this up. Um, there was an article published, uh, a very well reported article published by JTA before the election, which uh, which documented how during the Obama administration, when there were you know a good amount of tensions, how Vice, then Vice President Joe Biden was viewed as the pro-Israel voice in the room, the one trying to you know uh, to use your word handle things more diplomatically. Right. Um, so I think there's going to be more of a tone. And frankly, the other thing is, you know, whatever's going on, Joe Biden's first, second and third priorities are going to be the COVID pandemic, the American economy. Um, and while he certainly will pay attention to foreign policy um, and, and issues related to the Middle East, you know, that's not going to be at the top of his inbox. Understood. Understood. Nathan Diamond's with us. We promised good news, and I think we could say, Nathan, that we have good news. Uh, People are wondering about the uh, funding that's coming out of Washington and if, in fact, our synagogues and schools will be beneficiaries, if, in fact, the COVID-19 package has something that we, as uh, non-public day school people, um, uh, you know, pay attention to. Is it something that includes something that we would benefit from? What could you tell us? First, regarding the uh, re- the COVID nineteen relief package as it relates to our community. Sure, um, it, it is it is good news in a very difficult situation. Obviously, at, at the Orthodox Union, uh, at the Advocacy Center, we're we're constantly working on the interests and and, and in service of our community, and we know how much um, our community has been disrupted, along with. You know, America as a whole, and and um, within our community, our schools, um, and it's been very, very costly and difficult. And um, so, when when Congress was putting together yet another relief package after they did the CARES Act several months ago, we were very engaged um, with with allies, bipartisan allies, and we knew there was going to be money for K through 12 schools in right. general. Right. Um, and thank God, uh, we we succeeded in working with those allies. Uh, to have in this package $2.75 billion specifically set aside uh, to support non-public K-12 through schools, um, Jewish, Catholic, and otherwise. And these, the, the funds are going to be administered by the governors uh, who will apply for the funds you know, to Washington, and um, the funds will be available to help schools with you know, a very broad menu of COVID-related expenses, cleaning, sanitizing, buying technology, supporting remote learning when they have to do that, changing their curriculum um, for remote learning, and also reimbursing them for expenses that they've already uh, incurred for all of that these past months. And it's, it's really unique. In, in past, we've, we've not had this kind of set-aside uh, for our schools uh, as, as we got in this, in this legislation. So that's the most significant thing. Well, the, uh, um, sometimes we wonder about the, uh, the monies that that's allocated out of Washington. Frankly, if you and others at the OU and others were not, uh, were not advocating for this in Washington, essentially private schools would, would likely be ignored. Uh, it's only through the efforts over all these decades that uh, people like yourself have put private schools on the agenda in Washington. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I, on this one, I, I would also be remiss. We had we did this really in partnership with the Catholic right. uh, community, which, all, and, which, uh, all, which often happens now, right? A lot of which these... often happens. But and 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 I have to thank uh, uh, you know in front of your listeners, Cardinal Dolan of New York right. 
was uh, was very heavily involved and, and making phone calls, and uh, so that was great. So, and by the way, the other thing that's in this package relevant not only to our schools, but also possibly to Shoals and other nonprofit organizations is there's going to be a second round of uh, the the PPP loans, the Paycheck Protection loans. Right. Um, it's a little bit more targeted than it was the first time around the, to get one of these second loans. Um, an organization will need to have fewer than 300 employees and will have to show that its income is down by 25%. Right. Um, you know, so those who are hardest hit uh, will, will be able to access second PPP loans. And um, there's some other things in the, in the package as well. Now, um, do, do, schools have, do schools have to do anything at this point? Now, you know, principals and executive directors are hearing this. Uh, about right. the two two point seven five billion, they also heard you say the governors will be responsible for it. Is there anything a school or any type of of uh, of group has to do at this point? Um, today, no. Uh, we're, we you know we want people to be, especially the leaders of these schools, to be aware of this. We we've sent out some guidance information. Um, right now, uh, we're engaged now with the U.S. Department of Education because they have to very rapidly put out the guidance for the governors to apply for these funds. Um, our, our state advocacy teams, our partners at the OU and the Teach Coalition Network are engaging with the governor's offices and sort of saying to them, hey, this money's coming. We want you to apply. We want it for our schools. But but pretty soon uh, there, there's, there's going to be action that will be, need to be taken um, by school leadership, and we will certainly communicate that out um, Right away, and Nathan Diamond. Uh, the, the other thing yeah. I should just mention, you know, people people follow the news. There is a little bit of a hiccup right now <laughs> because President Trump uh, two might, nights ago might veto the bill. Um, right. is, is, is 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 yeah put a pause on this bill. So this is all tied up in that. <laughs> but hopefully that will get resolved. <laughs> I, I actually should have had that on my list of questions. You're right. That, that is a newsworthy item as it relates to this. Um, all right. I, so I'm told that the funding for the not-for-profit security grant program has been doubled. First, please right. explain, what is the not-for-profit security grant program? Right. So, so this is a program that uh, we at the OU and other partners initiated back in 2005 when we realized, you know, the security, the costs of security for our community were back then already starting to be uh, focused upon and incre- and security needs were increasing. And this is a program we created under which uh, the Department of Homeland Security gives out grants um, generally up to about $100,000 uh, each. And, and, just, and, just, and just to remind everybody, if, if they look at any large or any significant synagogue in our community, a lot of these security enhancements came from that money. Yes. Um, so, so these And these grants can be used to put up Fences and bollards right. and shatterproof glass and, and heavy doors. They, they can also um, be used to hire security guards um, uh, and, and for training and purposes like that. Right. Um, you know, we started off this program in 2005. It was at $25 million a year. It was very restricted to certain geographic areas, mainly major metropolitan centers. And unfortunately, because the need has continued for security, um, we've, we've particularly in the past few years, uh, worked again with bipartisan allies in Congress to, um, increase the funding for this program. A couple years ago, we got it up to $60 million. 
Last year, we got it up to $90 million, and this year um, doubled it to $180 million. And also, it's now available, whereas in the first, I would say, decade of the program, it was restricted to those geographic areas. Um, it's now available across the United States as a whole. So communities that were not in those geographic areas and were not able to get these funds for many years now are eligible as well. Uh, so the fund has been doubled. Those of you who have a uh, who are leading institutions, synagogues, and uh, houses of worship uh, that are um, uh, that are um, in, in any area of the United States. And by the way, this goes for both the Jewish and other parochial day schools as well. It's not just shuls. If you lead a day school as well, uh, you are right. el- eligible up to one hundred thousand dollars per applicant um, uh, from this program. One hundred eighty. Million dollars. So again, the same question to you, Nathan Diamond. Does a school at this point, especially those, or a shul at this point, especially those right. that have been part of this system in the past, is there anything they need to do right now? So um, the, we we expect the application again. If President Trump signs right. the big funding package, <laughs> uh, we expect the application period to start in probably in in mid February. Right. Um, the, the most important thing, if for an institution that's never been through this process before is to get, uh, if they don't have one or haven't had one recently, to get a security assessment right. of their of their facility. Um, they can get that from their local police department or their local FBI uh, office. Um, <clears throat> and uh, that, that's, that's step one that they can do on their own. Um, and then again, as, as we move towards um, when the application – uh, periods are, you know, really set, and the applications start to go. Yeah, we will be communicating out to the community, um, you know, the timelines and the deadlines and all that. So, yet another reason to root for the uh, for President Trump not to interfere and for this package to go through. Uh, if uh, and I'll give, by the way, I'll give you one more, yeah. which is uh, the annual aid package to Israel is right. in this That's massive correct. funding bill as well. How many millions is, um, is that? Around how many million is that? Do you know what's in billions? There? Oh, it's billions, billions, <laughs> billions yeah. of dollars. I don't know why I yeah. thought, and actually, I have a picture. Maybe I'll, I'll bring it up now. I don't know why I thought that in this specific package it was like five hundred million. But I'll look just to make sure. But also, if you're a fan of the Smithsonian, you should be rooting for this bill. Am I correct about that? Did you see? Yeah, it's it's. They put two things together. They put together the COVID relief package. Two things, not, which is <laughs> two things. Yeah, it's, which it's, is it seems like a well, lot. Two more big than that. packages. Two big packages. The the COVID relief package with the 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 funding package, what's called the omnibus funding package, which funds the entire federal government for the balance of its fiscal year, which runs through September. Right. Um, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that it was done this way. Uh, it was all left for the last minute and in one giant six thousand page <laughs> piece of legislation, but that's how that happens. <laughs> so. You see, here here's the list that I have. I don't know if this is accurate. Uh, but the Kennedy Center, twenty-six million. The Smithsonian, mm-hmm. as you and I just alluded to, one billion dollars. One billion dollars going to the Smithsonian in this aid mm-hmm. package. Now, my kids and I calculated. I think it's only eight dollars more per American if that billion would be split. Um, you know, in, in in the actual aid package. You know, the one that uh, that everyone's calling the six hundred dollar check. Uh, so I guess it wouldn't make that much of a difference to people, but still. There are a lot of folks that resent the fact that a Smithsonian is getting a billion in an aid package like this. And then, frankly, 
many people are criticizing the foreign countries that are getting aid. I mean, uh, here right. we have Egypt, according to this list, at $1.3 billion in this deal. Israel, according to this list, $500 million in this deal. And then, of course, there are many other, uh, Pakistan and many other countries that are being uh, uh, taken care of in this uh, in this package as well. But you would say to us, some would call it corruption, some would call it mafia style. You would say to us, folks, just realize this is the way it works in Washington, right? I mean, this is what you've seen for decades. Um, I mean, it, yes and no. It, or it's, it, if you go back, um, you probably at this point have to go back about, Ten years um, that Congress, Congress, and presidents were able to do the annual appropriations bills for the federal government in a more, say, orderly way. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I mean we, we, it's funny. I call it, you call it one big package. It really is actually twelve or fifteen appropriations bills rolled into this one omnibus bill because you have you have a you have an appropriations bill for the State Department. You have an appropriations bill for the Homeland Security Department. You have appropriations bill that includes the Smithsonian, right, uh, right. et cetera. They, that, rolling all that into one big package is not such a big deal. But uh, the point is that those things are worked on, you know, by many members and many committees over the period of the year. But it's become, you know, as Washington has become more and more partisan and polarized, um, there are disagreements. They don't get resolved. Things. They're kind of like school children. They leave everything to the last minute, and <laughs> you end up with this turning in your homework, you know, at the last minute, and this is what you get. Um, some people, some people are advocating, and I, I personally happen to agree with this. That you know, one of the things that would grease the wheels uh, would be if they would bring back something called earmarks, right? Um, which they did away with, right? Uh, about a dozen years ago. Um, but earmarks are basically, you know, your your individual congressman or woman, you know, it, it, it's not meant to be, quote, unquote, corrupt. It's like your congressman so-and-so wants to get federal money for a bridge in their district because the district, you know, the bridge fell down. They need a new bridge. Right. And this is a way that the congressman can say, look, I'm bringing home the, the bacon, right, to my district. Um you know, some of it was a little was a little loose, mm-hmm. um, but there are ways, a, a there little, ways to a, deal with that. You can make it much more transparent, right. and you know everybody should know ahead of time what's going on. But the feeling is, if you know, they took that away, so that meant that the individual members of Congress, in a certain sense, had less of a personal stake in these big packages. Right. But if you bring them back again, as long as you had transparency in place, you couldn't have really corrupt stuff going on. You know, now the congressman got his bridge in the package. He's going to want to support the package, um, and you know, maybe we need some of that uh, to 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 make the process work a little bit more smoothly. Excellent explanation. I feel like I'm in political science 101. The way you just explained Washington 2020. That's really what it's all about. That's the core of uh, of everything that we've been seeing over the last few weeks, actually months, as they've negotiated all of this back and forth. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Well, the other thing you the other thing you had going on over the past few months, and I would say this was going on with both the Democratic leadership and the Republican leadership in Congress, is each one had their own calculation as to you know going into the November elections, right? Uh, you know what was going to help my party more win those elections, right? And I, I would I would put equal blame on both sides for you know not having done another big deal after the CARES Act. 
because they were all making these election calculations. Right. Um, so, you know, even though even though this control of the Senate is up in the air with the Georgia uh, runoffs, um, you know, both sides felt like, okay, now it's in everybody's interest. We got to get a deal done. Got a deal done. Um, we still do have this, hopefully, uh, only a hiccup with regard to what the president has said. Um, and and the aid will get out to it. And by the way, we mentioned some parochial things for our community, but right. I mean, they're, they're, you know, there are programs in here to help um, people who are in, you know, going to food pantries and are and are hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, there's the moratorium on evictions, and there's unemployment insurance, and and that's that's in the current situation that the United States is in. Um, all those programs are really um, vital. You know, yeah. Vital and and it's it's really a matter of life and death for for any number of people that um, this aid is necessary because of this ongoing pandemic. We're two Tuesdays away from the election. Have you heard anything from the Atlanta Jewish community? Anything from leadership down there in terms of how people are being inundated <laughs> with commercials and with campaign? I assume debates and conversations and discussions. I mean, here we don't feel a thing about this election, but it's such an important one. For I mean, some would yeah. say it's important for the future of the country. I mean, have you heard from anybody in Georgia about what's going on? Um, you know, depending on the, the the Jewish community broadly, right, is 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 divided. Right. Um, I can't give you percentages, but right. there are certainly those who strongly feel you know mm-hmm. that we, the Democrats got to win, and others who feel the Republicans got to win. Um, I think I you know what I would say is one rabbi in an Atlanta synagogue who I spoke to recently said his 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 top priority, no matter who wins this election, is that the Jewish community uh, survive this election intact right. and that uh, it's not so divisive as to really rend the fabric of the community. Right. Um, imagine, um, imagine Trump-Biden, but so, in such an acute fashion that it's just, you know, that it's even more local than the, than the Trump-Biden <laughs> craziness was. Yeah. You, you, you could have done very well enough if you had just reoriented your your uh, your broadcast to be uh, Georgia focused and only sell <laughs> sold political ads 24 hours a day. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming that there are people who, <laughs> if they watch TV for nine minutes, are seeing you know 15 commercials in a row, and that that's yeah. probably what's happening down there at this point. Yeah, there's more money going into these races than literally than they can spend. There's, there's always so much money you can spend. You know what's funny? Time. You know what's funny about what you're saying? Generally, and I know that people could debate this, especially in recent elections because things have gotten so expensive, but generally the only election that's always viewed as there's unlimited money is a presidential election, right? The two sides, like like mm-hmm. money, like you always say, it's the only election where money won't be a factor. That's almost what's happening now in Georgia, where you're, where you're describing— Well, it even happened— it, it even happened in November. I mean, uh, in in other Senate races. I mean, in the South Carolina Senate race, um, the the Democrat who was challenging Lindsey Graham uh, raised something like fifty million dollars, which was unheard of for a Senate race in South Carolina. And they didn't have to worry um, about using it all. It was unlimited, as far as they were concerned. Yeah, and and they and they still lost, by the way. Right. Um, you know, so money doesn't money doesn't necessarily buy you an election. Right. Um, um, hey, but, Mayor, uh, Mayor, Mayor, Mayor Bloomberg. Yeah, hey, look, yeah. it's a function. It's it's really a function of the change in in the political fundraising system to uh, with technology, you know, and and the ability 
of, of candidates, you know, you don't have to go and collect checks from one donor at a time, so to speak. You put out, um, you know, you put out a message and you can raise uh, on the Internet um, millions and millions of dollars, people just clicking and giving you $5 at a time. Yeah. And uh, it's very efficient and it brings in a lot of money. It's amazing the benefits of, of what we've learned during this period. And obviously that that's not specific to COVID. That was already in place what you just described, uh, you know, many elections ago because we've drifted into this whole social media and instant uh, communication uh, era. But what's interesting is that because of Zoom, I spoke to somebody who's running for a local election and they were blessing Zoom. Why? Because instead of doing one parlor meeting a night, they're doing six parlor meetings a night, mm-hmm. you know, targeted to different crowds, different people. And, you know, they may, they may not have a house filled with 50 people, but they'll have six Zoom meetings with 20 each, and that's much more effective for their purposes. Yeah. So it's very yeah. interesting to watch what's going on. Nathan Diamond with us, everybody. Uh, I told you we'd uh, give you some good news. He's executive director for the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. And assuming this relief package goes through, we'll be celebrating the fact, as will all the people who care about non-public day schools, uh, that uh, the bill includes $2.75 billion to support Jewish, Catholic, and other non-public day schools. And we celebrate the fact that, uh, again, with everything hopefully going through, the not-for-profit security grant program began uh, 15 years ago, and now it will be doubled, which is a significant increase from $90 million to $180 million, helping security in both synagogues and in day schools. Uh, Nathan Diamond, I thank you. Continue your amazing work. What's, what's interesting about your job and Thank God you you must be a very patient person because a lot of the stuff you, a lot of the stuff you started decades ago you're finally seeing the fruits of your labor now and that must be painstaking you know waiting this out for you know all these years to finally get some really solid results. Yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of patience, especially these recent months on these on these efforts. Uh, I'll tell you, I, uh, before COVID, I, uh, yeah, um, the, the musical Hamilton came to Washington and, right. and I was able to go and see it. And the mug, um, I bought a mug in the gift shop um, with the words on it. The Hamilton fans will recognize this. It says, wait for it. <laughs> because you're, because I've been you're... using that mug. I've been using that mug all these months during all these COVID negotiations. Because <laughs> you're always waiting. <laughs> Simple as that. Well, thank you for all your great help and best regards to everybody at the OU Advocacy Center. And thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much, Nakam. Nathan Diamond, everybody. Working very hard and fighting very hard in Washington and everywhere else he needs to fight in order to help our community, and it's much appreciated. Thursday morning broadcast at 28 minutes after 8 o'clock here at JM. I want to give a special shout-out to our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms. Casinofarms.com. Aaron's Casino Farms is in Queens, New York, and Aaron's West Orange. Aaron'sWestOrange.com. They're in New Jersey. You want a great shopping experience with wonderful specials and everything under one roof? Follow my advice. When do I ever give bad advice? <laughs> oh, boy. I better be careful about that. <laughs> Follow my advice. Go to Aaron's Casino Farms. It's a unique and amazing shopping experience with, in fact, everything under one roof and wonderful specials and uh, and, and a whole host of great departments that you can uh, that you could shop from, whether it's their uh, bakery or fresh deli counter etc i mean there's so many other uh, so many other things you can or so many things i should say so many areas you could visit at uh, Aaron's casino farms and Aaron's west orange same thing um whole host of great uh, uh, sections 
Everything you need under one roof. Wonderful specials. Check them out. So Aaron's Casino Farms, casinofarms.com, Aaron's West Orange, Aaron's West Orange.com. Great sponsors of ours here at the Nahum Siegel Network. A big shout-out to our uh, chairman of our Dubai trip, Ralph Rosenbaum, who wants to speak to you if you want to speak about year-end planning. He knows it all when it comes to taxes and what the government, both federal and state governments, offering to make your end of year a little easier and more profitable. And by the way, he may find a way for you to find extra money to give to charity, to give to a 501c3s, and that's us, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Um, he may recommend, he may meet with you and recommend that you need to give a little bit more to a not-for-profit organization. I'm recommending FJB. He may say that to you. Don't be shocked. Uh, Ralph is available at 1-800-TAX-CPA2, 1-800-TAX-CPA2, or go to taxcpa2.com, taxcpa2.com for all the uh, information. Want to remind you that our friends at ArtScroll have 3,000 titles online. 3,000. Did you hear that? 3,000? Uh, 3,000 titles online, every one of them, 20% off, no uh, minimum, and free shipping with promo code radio. 20% off, no minimum, and free shipping with promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. Go to artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. And trust me, you'll be glad you did. Uh, don't forget, the One Israel Fund event is Tuesday. One Israel Fund event is Tuesday. It's called We Are One. You can go to oneisraelfund.org slash we are one. I'll be there. Elizabeth Savetsky will be there. God Elbaz will be there. Naftali Bennett and Caroline Glick will be there. Honorees include Dr. Emma Laskin and Bart Baum, Amichai Luri, Rebecca and Gabe Boxer, a memorial tribute to Gloria and Morris Grove, and the Adid Yesha awardees are Hannah Lewin, Talia Laskov, Molly Sigmund, Isabella Weisfeld, and Ariel Yarmish, 12th graders at SKA Halb High School for Girls. Go online, check it out. Oneisraelfund.org, oneisraelfund.org slash we are one. Get your donations in, get your reservations in, oneisraelfund.org slash we are one. Get it all in today and join us Tuesday night. Another great uh, event that I uh, have the opportunity to host, and I thank Scott Feltman and everybody at One Israel Fund. By the way, if you didn't, if you missed our conversation yesterday with Eve Harrow from Israel about the One Israel Fund, you got to go listen to it. We have been under the impression, as I'm sure many have been, that there's nothing going on in Yudad Shomron during COVID. And Eve said, Nahum, you have to understand that there are no tourists. There's plenty of time and plenty of space. All we've been doing is building and expanding and renovating and this project and that project and that project. So what is real fun that you might suspect had some time to breathe just the opposite. No time to breathe. They have been uh, inundated with project after project, and they have been uh, successful in uh, getting as many done as possible during this COVID-19 situation. So support the One Israel Fund. You'll be glad you did. Oneisraelfund.org slash we are one. Check it out. Moshe Dawoodi at JM in the AM.
גבירותיי ורבותיי, קהל נכבד, גדול הזמר החסידי העולמי, יעקב שוויקי! 
לשמור. כי זוהי חן, זוהי חן לדבורים הרבה, היא כל עושה בעתידו לשמור. היא זוהי חן, זוהי חן לדבורים הרבה, כמו כל עוסק בעתידו לשמור. ערב טוב, חיילי ישראל.
J.M. in the A.M. Einod Milvado done by Michal Przanski. Yaakov Shweki before that with Kedai. Uh, Moshe Daudi out of Israel with Lachshok Elecha. First of those three here at the J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. Always a delight to speak with you. Those of you out there who have not had an opportunity yet to make a year-end donation to keep us going here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I thank everybody who did on uh, Tuesday, on Giving Tuesday. Uh, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and join us. fjbunity.org, and we thank you. Um, oh, I want to thank listener Jeremy. 
who just, wow. Listener Jeremy just donated from, wow, many, many, many thousands of miles away from here. So nice, and thank you so much. Much appreciated. JMNAM, good morning. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget that our friends at Women's League Makar have made a major announcement. Not only are they doing their big charity event on January 3rd and 4th, but now they are being joined by Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman. Women's League Makar Disability Services, they have their big charity campaign, charity.com slash Makar, charity.com slash Makar. It's happening January 3rd and 4th. That's Sunday and Monday, the first Sunday and Monday of uh, the new year, 2021. And um, and uh, right now, we are uh, scheduled to include both Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman, plus the Freilich Orchestra. Uh, go to uh, charity.com slash Makar. You'll see all the uh, different uh, support categories. It's charity.com slash Makar. Again, that campaign goes live 10 days from now, and we'll be there for the big Sunday night event, smack in the middle of the campaign. Looking forward to that uh, on behalf of Women's League, my card. They're doing great work for a long, long time, and we get to recognize it and talk about it on January the 3rd and 4th with a worldwide audience, please God. And uh, it, should be, uh, it should be a fun and wonderful event, and now that Benny and Joey are part of it, even more fun and even more wonderful. Hey, our friends at ShopEichlers.com, our friends at ShopEichlers.com have an important message, and that is that all iKeepas, all iKeepas are now on sale at 20% off at ShopEichlers.com. Now, if you've never seen this, and frankly, I was not familiar with it till uh, ShopEichlers.com called my attention to it. If you're not familiar with it, go to the website and look at their iKeepa category. Some of the cutest, most adorable, interesting, far out, um, some of them really nice and dignified, so it's not all far out, <laughs> um, examples of keepas under the banner, under the label of iKeepa. And right now it's 20% off on all iKeepas at shopiclose.com. And don't forget, shopiclose.com has one thing that they continue to um, – uh, to announce throughout the community, which is really, really vital, and that is they have same-day delivery. I don't know how they do it. Don't ask me how they do it. You could certainly ask them when you're in touch with them via the web or via telephone. Uh, but they have same-day delivery to Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, Jackson, same-day delivery. Go to shopiclose.com. Go to shopiclose.com. And enjoy Thursday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up here on a uh, JM in the AM. Plus, don't forget, we have a big, big lineup today. Thursday, as you know, is very big and very important here at the Nahum Siegel Network. That is an understatement. And I want to thank Avrami. He always keeps me up to date on everything that's happening regarding what to expect uh, here on the Nahum Siegel Network after JM in the AM. And I thank him for that. Charlie Harari at 9 o'clock. The topic is enjoying the baggage of success. Michael Fragan will have William Daroff, CEO of the Conference of Presidents, on. Discussing the latest political news. That'll be at 9.30. Jew in the City Speaks has Rachel Travis, a registered nurse at NYU, getting her perspective from the front line of the COVID-19 battle. That's Allison Joseph's 
with uh, Rachel Travis at 10 a.m. Miriam Al-Wallach is joined by Audrey Gross, head of guest relations at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. That'll be live at 10.30 this morning. Our live lunch will be live 11 until 1 in our studio. Throwback Thursday features Sandy Shmueli from 15 years ago on JM in the AM. That's 1 o'clock Throwback Thursday. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, JM Rewind at 4 o'clock. We'll have Leah Shapiro of Between Carpools about the brand new cookbook, Dinner Done. Rabbi Naftali Horowitz, the brand new book from Art Scroll, You Revealed, A Torah Path to a Life of Success. The Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem is tonight at 7 p.m. And it will encore at uh, 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Friday. Asura Bateves, tomorrow the fast day, Friday, here on the Nahum Siegel Network. So we've got... Um, Quite a lineup, to say the least, coming up. Why anybody would touch that dial for the rest of the day, I have no idea. I, I can't tell you why somebody would do that. More coming up at JM and the AM. Here's Psachia Septimus.
There's a place in your heart, deep within, known as the Koidesh HaKodoshim. There's an altar there, with a heavenly fire burning, that's why we're always yearning. Mm, there's a place in your heart, deep within, known as the Koidesh HaKodoshim There's an altar there With a heavenly fire burning That's why we're always yearning That's why we're all returning This fire takes you higher If you let it burn Inspire your desire to Live and learn If you ignore it and don't absorb it, brother, you're playing with fire, your heavenly fire, it's there to take you higher and higher and higher and higher, this fire takes you higher if you Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and the Alchemist Network, and of course, 
on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM and the AM. Big thank you to all of you for tuning in. Big schedule coming up. Charlie Harari's next. We have a full day here at the Nahum Single Network. Make sure to be tuned in all day long. Have a fabulous Thursday. Until tomorrow, Nahum Single. Oh, an easy fast tomorrow. Until tomorrow, Nahum Single reminding you remember to past, live the present, and trust the future. Thank you.